0: Exodus chapter 19, we have been journeying with the people of Israel as they travel through, and there's been a lot, of, uh, a lot of movement in the first 18 chapters of the book. The people are moving, they are in Egypt, they cross some seas, they walk around a desert, and they finally reach Mount Sinai. And this is where, geographically speaking, the story parks for the rest of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So the next uh, three books are all at this place. In this moment, they are here. God has been bringing the people to this spot for this moment in this time. Exodus 19 is actually one of my favorite chapters in Exodus. It, it's so fascinating and interesting. And this encounter with God is very interesting. So, let's read. 19. It says, On the, exactly the third month anniversary of the Israelites leaving the land of Egypt, they came into the Sinai Desert. They traveled from Rephidim, came into Sinai Desert, and they set up camp there. Israel camped there in front of the mountain, while Moses went up to God. And the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you should say to Jacob's household and declare to the Israelites. You saw what I did to the Egyptians and how I lifted you up on eagles' wings and brought you to me. So now if you faithfully obey me and stay true to my covenant, you will be my most precious possession out of all the peoples, since the whole earth belongs to me. You will be a kingdom of priests for me and a holy nation. These are the words you should say to the Israelites. So Moses came down and he called together the people's elders and he set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. The people all responded with one voice. Everything that the Lord has said, we will do. So one of the things, uh, I I just started, uh, so I was reading a book, and this lady talked about doing this Bible project, uh, Bible reading plan, where they read the entire Bible in 90 days. Uh, And so I kind of like a challenge. So I was like, that sounds interesting. That's what I'm going to do for 90 days. I'm going to just sit down. And it's very interesting because you just, well, you skim a lot. Um, but you catch, like, these bigger chunks of the story of God as you're reading, you know, 15 chapters at a time. I would not recommend this as, like, a daily devotional thing for the rest of your life and just, like, keep reading the Bible. You've got to slow down. Sometimes just read a verse. But it, uh, it's just an interesting, it's just interesting. You read these chunks. And so, like, you read the book of Genesis in two days and you read Exodus in three and, and you're just going, and, and I was reminded again as I was reading through Exodus this week that, that God calls them as his son, like Israel is his son. And, and there is a primary, the primary relationship with Israel and God is not one of law and covenant keeping, but is one of family. And so, Israel, as they come to the mountain, and as God is about to give them a pile of laws. It is important to understand that it is not Israel obeys the law so that God loves them. It is that God loves them and is now showing them how to live in response to being his son, his chosen. And we see that in this text that we just read that it it is God comes to them and he says, I have a plan for you as my people. I've saved you. I've brought you out of Egypt by my strong right hand. I I carried you, it says, on on like wings wings on eagle's wings, I brought you to me, it says in verse 5. And then verse 6 says, and you will be a kingdom of priests for me and a holy nation. And so this becomes God's plan for the people of Israel. He says, I want you to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation to me. So what is the role of a priest? What is the job that, that in this time that they were supposed to do? Well, a priest's role was to mediate the presence of God to the people. So mediate, I was like, what's that mean? It's like the priest's role is to connect the people with God. They play this connecting role in the relationship so that people would understand who God is, what God is like. And then Israel, as a people, all of them were supposed to show that to the rest of the nation. Let me connect you to the God who saves. Let me connect you to Yahweh who, who rescues, who redeems people, who is compassionate, and merciful so this is the role of the people to be a priest they have a key thing this is what they are partly saved to do and so God says let me get ready then and so we keep reading it says then the Lord said to Moses I'm about to come to you in a thick cloud in order that the people will hear me talking with you so that they will always trust you Moses told the Lord what the people said, and the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and take today and tomorrow and make them holy. Have them wash their clothes and be ready for the third day. Because on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai for all the people to see. Set up a fence for all the people all around and tell them, Be careful not to go up up the mountain or touch any part of it. Anyone who even touches the mountain must be put to death. No one should touch anyone who has touched it, or they must be either stoned to death or shot with arrows. Whether an animal or a human being, they must not be allowed to live. Now I want you to catch this verse, very careful, very important. Only when the ram's horn sounds may they go up the mountain. So Moses went down the mountain to the people. But, side note, Moses goes up and down the mountain seven times in this passage. The poor guy is just like up and down, up and down. I don't know how big a mountain it was, but Moses was in shape by the end of this. Okay. So Moses went down the mountain. He made sure that the people were holy and that they washed their clothes. He told the men, prepare yourselves for three days. Don't go near a woman. When morning dawned on the third day, there was thunder and lightning and a thick cloud on the mountain, a very loud blast of a horn, and all the people in the camp shook with fear. Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their place at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was all in smoke because the Lord had come down in it with lightning, and the smoke went up like smoke of a hot furnace, and while the whole mountain shook violently... The blast of the horn grew louder and louder, and Moses would speak, and God would answer with thunder. And the Lord came down on Mount Sinai, on the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses to come to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. The Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people not to break through, to try to see the Lord, or many of them will fall dead. Even the priests who came near to the Lord must keep themselves holy, or the Lord will break loose against them. Moses said to the Lord, The people aren't allowed to come up on Mount Sinai because you warned us and said, set up a fence around the mountain and keep it holy. And the Lord said to him, go down and bring Aaron back up with you. But the priests and the people must not break through or come up to the Lord. Otherwise, the Lord will break loose against them. And so Moses went down to the people and told them. So God appears. Fire, smoke, lightning. The horn is blowing. It's louder, it's louder. It is a frightening be sure. It reminds us of the importance and the glory and the holiness of God that one does not simply, (laughs) feels like I was just about to quote Lord of the Rings, one does not simply walk into Mordor, like one does not (laughs) simply walk into the presence of God. Take three days, get ready, prepare yourselves. wash your clothes, get ready to enter into this presence. But the key verse that I wanted you to notice is that when the ram's horn, in verse 13, when the ram's horn blows, you may go up. And some translations obscure the language of what the Hebrew is, and it makes it sound like like you're not supposed to, the Israelites aren't supposed to go up. They're only supposed to get up to the fence and then not go, But, but the invitation of God in verse 13 is very clearly in the Hebrew that they may ascend onto the mountain. When the ram's horn blows, they may ascend, the mountain so what what happens? why does this story shift why is it that all of a sudden it sounds like they're not supposed to go well one of the things to catch, capture is that the, the storytelling in Exodus is not particularly linear and it does jump around timelines a little bit and so to understand what's happening I think you need to look at verse uh, chapter 20 because Remember, God wants the people to be a priesthood who connects the glory of God, who connects the the relationship with God to the people. They are to be a priesthood, a mediator with God to the people. God says, come up. And then what happens? Why don't they come up? Well, Exodus chapter 20, the story, I think, jumps back and gives you a little bit more info into what happens. So it's starting in verse 18, it says, When all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the horn and the mountain spo- shaking, the people shook with fear and stood at a distance. So God comes down, the glory shows, and the people shake with fear and withdraw. They said to Moses, you speak to us, and we'll listen, but don't let God speak to us, or we'll die. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid, because God has only come to test you, and to make sure that you are always in awe of God so that you don't sin. And the people stood at a distance, and Moses approached the thick darkness in which God what happens? God comes down. I mentioned this before. There's this theme of testing throughout the book of Exodus in which God asks the people, will you trust me? Will you do this? And and God appears and the people say, no, I'm afraid. I'm not going to go. And Moses says, no, don't be afraid. God's only here to test you. Enter into this. The ram's horn is blowing. You may go onto the mountain. And the people say, no thanks. How about you go for it?" Israel was supposed to be the connectors of God to people. But what we read is a failed test. Israel decides that rather than becoming priests to the world, they would stand back from God and refuse to go, that they would let their fear triumph over the invitation to intimacy. Again, reading large sections of Exodus, I was struck at the language when Moses is at the burning bush and he meets God in fire and presence, Moses draws near to the flame. And in this story, when the people meet the flaming presence of God, they withdraw and stand at a distance. When Moses met the test of God and he met God in the wilderness, he said, I'm going to draw near. Let's see what this is. When Israel meets the same Thing, possibly on the same mountain, they withdraw and they stand at a distance. So, Tim Mackey from the Bible Project. So, this is my like, I've been listening to the Bible Project and I'm a little bit bummed because I had caught this whole like go up onto the mountain thing before, but now Tim Mackey just released a podcast and it sounds like I'm copying him, but I heard it first. But anyway, Tim Mackey says it really well on the Bible Project. He says, when Yahweh showed up on Mount Sinai, it was freaky. All the, Israelites could see God was, all the Israelites could see of God was the mountain on fire. To come into his presence would have required a great surrender, a willingness to walk straight into the flames. The people are scared, so they send Moses in their place. It's sort of like they're saying, Moses, you passed the test on our behalf. And because the people fail the test here, instead of becoming a kingdom of priests, they become a kingdom with priests. Instead of becoming a kingdom of priests, they become a kingdom with priests. Moses goes, becomes the connector between God and the people. He brings Aaron, and we have this introduction to a priestly caste of people. When God's intention and plan and hope was that all the people would go up onto the mountain and experience the presence of God, would surrender into the flames, and be refined by the presence of God. Instead, let's send Moses. Quick rabbit trail. I love verse twenty twenty one, 21, where it says, uh, Moses, it says, uh, the people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness in which God was present. Just to really quickly... Beautiful reminder that God is present in the thick darkness. In the darkness of our life, you can expect to meet God there. That's my rabbit trail. So what do we learn then from this story? What does this say to us? What do we do do in response? Well, remember, uh, 2 Peter 2, verse 9 is a very important passage. It says, But you... This is to us, those of us who follow in the way of Jesus. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are God's own possession. We are meant to walk into the presence of God and connect those who do not know God with God. It's our role. It's who we are. So we are reading, uh, depending on where you are in the prayer triads. For those of you who are connecting in those, uh, my prayer triad was reading Acts one this week, and we were looking at the story and the role of the Holy Spirit. and And one of the things that we just uh, we were so caught with by in our group was the importance of obedience and surrender to the Holy Spirit, the ongoing work of the Spirit in our lives. It says in Acts. Uh, chapter one jesus says to them uh it isn't for you to know the time or season that the father set by his authority rather you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness in jerusalem in judea samaria and the ends of the earth and so we were talking about how does the, the work of the Holy Spirit, like I think Eugene Peterson says in the message, it's like, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then, then you will be, have the power to be my witness. It's not until you have the Spirit in your life, you, you cannot do it. We need the Holy Spirit. And so we're reminded that the Holy Spirit is this gift and the, the importance that we have of surrendering ourselves to the Spirit of God, of welcoming in, and sometimes that's scary, Sometimes it can feel like the intimacy and the promise of the Holy Spirit is almost like too much. It's not unlike a mountain of fire and smoke. And we ask the question, do we really want to get this close to God? Because it will require my surrender. It will mean a surrender and a willingness to walk into the flames of God's presence to be transformed. And sometimes, I think even in the church, we would like somebody else to be our priest. You go talk to God for me. You go sit in God's presence. You connect to God I'm going to stay at a distance. But we're not called to be a kingdom of people with priests. You and I are called to be priests. That's who we are in the new covenant. Our role is to surrender to the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to allow ourselves to be drawn into this transforming holy presence of God so that when we go from this place others will meet and connect with God as well. So may we not fail the test as Israel did. May we not remain at a distance when God calls us up into his presence. And may we surrender our lives to the loving God whose spirit alights us with goodness.